In this episode, I talk with Cassandra Gerke, who gave up her career as a physical education teacher to play professional pickleball full-time. Cassandra has a great story of how she transformed her game and body to become one of the top pros in the game. She also explains a very interesting strategy to improve her game quickly and discusses how the game is changing. So, let's get to the intro to hear more from Cassandra. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the show, Cassandra Gerke. Welcome, Cassandra. Hi, how's it going? I'm doing great here in Connecticut. So I always like to start the podcast with going a little bit deep into somebody's background in terms of how they are introduced to pickleball or were introduced to pickleball. And then also, since you're now a professional player, how you started playing tournaments. Sure. So I actually played for the very first time in high school. We had terrible equipment, classic paddles. And when you when you strike the ball with it, it could go anywhere. So we, I actually did not enjoy it the first time I played it. And then I was shooting hoops at a gym one night, and a couple people needed a fourth player. So I said that I would fill in, and I went on the court and kind of got my butt kicked by some seniors. And I was like, "What is going on? This is this can't happen." So I went uh, home that night and bought my first paddle on eBay and kept coming back and playing. I ended up playing my first tournament a couple months later and just never stopped. And then I was a physical education teacher and taught it to the kids school and got so into it that I ended up quitting my job and doing it full time. And here I am. Wow. <laughs> that's unbreakable. Yeah, that's incredible in terms of your journey. So when would you say you played your first tournament? And then when did you start playing pro pickleball? I think my first tournament might have been in 2015. Uh, And 2018 is when I doesn't yeah, when I quit my job and went went pro. And it sounds like you played basketball in terms of your sports background did you do any racket sports also no racket sports just volleyball basketball and softball we were in a small town we didn't have tennis or anybody that would have gotten me into tennis or badminton or anything like that so unfortunately I was a little late to the party but it's uh, been fun trying to catch up that's interesting because so many people that I've talked to on the podcast have a tennis background you're one of the few people that I've talked to who not only doesn't have a tennis background but doesn't have a racket sport background how do you think that impacts your game I'm probably a little bit unorthodox in the way that I hit some of my shots and do some things and then I would say especially at this pro level had to kind of work twice as hard at everything Not that anyone else doesn't work hard, of course, but just to catch up and even get to a, you know, pro tennis player coming into pickleball and kind of transitioning nicely into pickleball. It's been a little bit tougher for me to kind of hang and, but it's been fun, you know, working on my game and and going to tournaments and 
kind of learning on things that I have to work on and then coming home and doing it and going right, right back out again and seeing if it worked or not. Well, can you go a little bit more in depth in terms of the training that you do, you know, since your background is a little bit different, I'm just wondering if how you train is also different. Sure. So when I first uh, started playing pickleball or when I first went on the circuit, I was actually probably about 60 pounds heavier than I am now. And so I knew at the time when I was losing some of the events that it was just stamina that was not allowing me to get to where I wanted to be. So I kind of started a workout routine. I go to Orange Theory Fitness, which is like a hit workout. It's treadmill, bike and rower. I do that a few times a week. And then I've also hired a personal trainer three times a week. With the personal trainer, we do a lot of like heavy lifting, kind of the bigger lifts, squats and deadlifts and, and bench press and things like that, just to become stronger, to be able to, you know, last on the court for six to eight hours and still be able to compete. As for pickleball, I try to, you know, drill or train with, with people a few times a week. And then twice a week, I will play for about four hours straight and, you know, try to put some of those tools into to rec play that I needed to work on coming off of the tournament. I've played with it a little bit and I've, I've realized what is too much and what is not enough. So I've kind of getting that balance down and hopefully in 2021, we can make some things happen. Wow. Did I hear that right? That you said you lost 60 pounds from when you were playing? Well, that's, that's incredible. Was that mostly just from increasing your activity level or were you also working on diet too? I was working on diet a little bit too. I actually did intermittent fasting. So for, there's a tons of different ways you can do it. Basically it's where you have kind of a feeding window and then a period of time where you don't eat. And so it wasn't, I didn't have to restrict or do anything crazy which was great for pickleball. I just kind of moved my window of time to eating from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. and kept my meals within there. And then I had 16 hours off where I wasn't eating, but most of that was while I was sleeping anyway. So it was pretty easy to handle. Well, that's interesting. And hopefully that helps some folks out there because that's a pretty good uh, transition. Another transition I wanted to ask you about is Going from being a PE teacher to a pro pickleball player, do you miss the kids and and teaching? Absolutely not. No, totally kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I taught middle school, high school. I loved it. They're super sarcastic and fun to be around. And I do, I do, I miss it. I I worked at a small school in Mazamani called Wisconsin Heights in Wisconsin when I lived there. And if it wasn't for leaving for pro pickleball, I would, I would still be there probably until I retired. What's great about pickleball is I'm still able to teach. And most of the time I am teaching seniors now, which believe it or not, they're like big middle school kids. So I haven't really missed out on too much. And hopefully, you know, as the years come, we'll get some more youth into pickleball as well. And I'll be right where I was when I was teaching. So. Did you ever imagine when you started playing pickleball that you would become a pro player? 
not when I first started, but I mean, I love competition and it just, we just kept going tournament after tournament and we weren't afraid to, to play up. You know, we were probably four or fives at the time going in and playing five oh plus or pro and did a lot of losing for quite some time, but I, it was the easiest way for me to get fat, um, better as fast as I could. So. And did that impact your game in terms of your mentality with, with the losing that you had to go through since you might not be quite up to the physical skill level? You know, I think that is what I would say is kind of the true difference between, a, you know, a, a real athlete that is really wanting to get better and really wanting to improve. Does it sting a little bit to lose all the time? Of course it does. But, you know, if I'm not out there playing the best of the best and really being challenged, it's really not going to help me as much as if I just want to win some gold medals when I go to a tournament. So, you know, it's been, it's been rough. It definitely was rough for, you know, when I was losing almost a hundred percent of the time, but it only took about a year or so to catch up doing it that way. And so I, to, to me, it was very beneficial and I wouldn't, wouldn't have changed a thing. Now, besides getting better from a, a physical standpoint in terms of the stamina, what else did you have to do to get up to that pro level? I say men- mentally, it's it can be very challenging as well. I I try to look up as many podcasts as I can, and you can just literally search like uh, sports mentality or you know different things like that. And I try to listen to books or read books. You know, they have tons of facilities that might sound like self-help books and things like that where you can read and it basically just sits there and tells you how amazing you are. And, you know, we're our biggest critics sometimes. And I think, you know, just being able to tell yourself that you're doing the best you can and you're going out there and you're giving it 100%. I try to really dial into that stuff and it really helped a lot with my game. And it's something that I try to continually do, keep that mental side of it just as well as the physical side. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me because when I went through graduate school, that was one of the degrees that I got was actually a degree in sports psychology. So I can definitely relate to the importance of that. And it's wonderful because, you know, it sounds like you really did focus on both the physical side and and the mental side. And I know some people, especially if they especially have a tennis background, it's really not much of a transition other than just a few changes in really the soft game of the, of pickleball. Sure. Yeah. A hundred percent agree with that. hundred percent. And what would you describe your playing style as, you know, since you weren't used to a racket sport, especially like tennis or even racquetball where you're hitting the ball hard and people have difficult time transitioning and learning how to hit dinks and third shot drops, you know, what was it like for you? You know, it it took a bit. Obviously, the first time I went out there, you know, and and hit the ball, I just wanted to rip every ball that came to me. (laughs) I had no idea what a third shot drop was, no idea what a dink was. And eventually, you know, I was not getting invited (laughs) to the higher level play. And I said, hey, what's, you know, what's the deal here? Like, I'm young. I'm like, I'm winning games. What's going on? Why can't I play with you guys? And 
one of them finally told me, he's like, you know, you got to have a third shot drop. And I said, what is a third shot drop? And so he ended up showing me and working with me a little bit. And that's kind of what brought me more into kind of the floral level. And, you know, I just started learning from other players and kind of working that stuff in. And to this day, I mean, it just keeps changing. You know, a couple of years ago when I first started teaching, you know, every third shot was supposed to be a drop shot. And now, you know, you're transitioning, you've got the waters out there and some other tennis players coming into pickleball. And now we've got third shot drops and drives. You know, I would say it's more 50-50. So with it changing, you just keep trying new things and try to keep up. And I'd say whatever style best fits you is what you should be doing, not necessarily what someone is, you know, teaching you or trying to get you to do, do what works for you. That's interesting because everybody I've talked to on the podcast really talks about how much pickleball has evolved just even within the last two or three years. It's crazy. It is. It's, it's exciting. And, you know, it's, it's great because, what I've always loved about this sport is, you know, anybody can play at all, all ages, all levels, all different sports backgrounds, non-sport backgrounds. And, you know, depending on what you want to do with it, you can, you know, learn as much as you want or learn as little as you want and go out there and just play socially. So it's just a, it's a really cool, fun, unique game that I'm glad is continuing to grow every year. It's awesome. In terms of what you want to do with the sport, did you find it scary deciding to, you know, give up your job as a teacher and then just doing pickleball full time? Yeah, uh, of course, you know, with a big life change like that, it's a little nerve wracking, but my family's really supportive. And, you know, my mom just said, hey, look, try it for the year. If it doesn't work out, you can always go back to teaching. I'm like, okay, you know, that makes sense. I can always come back. And so I tried it, obviously, (laughs) three years later, I'm still doing the same thing. And, you know, I tell people, a lot of people don't like to, you know, talk about salary or money or things like that, especially with pickleball it being new. But I mean, I can't figure out if it's sad or I should be happy to almost, you know, basically doubled my salary from teaching (laughs) by being, you know, a professional pickleball player and teaching. So pretty wild and I've had a blast doing it so haven't had to go back quite yet well that's great to hear and I'm glad you're doing so well I also did a little bit of research and you know you play on the pro tour you go to tournaments you teach clinics you teach clinics when you travel around I also see that you host tournaments and you've got events like you know where you play the pros I mean that must take all an incredible amount of energy. Yeah, it's, you know, when you're, you're doing what you love, it, this, it doesn't seem like work at all. And so I think it's just very exciting. You know, a lot of people have given their time to me, you know, teaching and helping me out and things like that. And so for me, it's just whenever I can and when I do have time, especially locally in my hometown or around this area, we like to do as much as we can for the sport. And, you know, we're running a a red nose roundup Christmas tournament. Sounds crazy that we're able to do that on Wednesday here in Springfield, Missouri, because the weather is going to be 68 degrees. So it'll probably be one of our last events of the year. 
And, uh, you know, whenever we can put stuff out there, people, people come and they're excited. So we love doing and running other events for people as well. Well, can you send some of that weather to Connecticut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do my best. You just have to come down here and play in the tournament. Well, <laughs> we'll yeah, you know, up. before before this, <laughs> I lived in Texas. So, you know, I'm, I'm used to that nice weather. So does that mean in the red nose tournament that or the round robin that everybody will be wearing a mask and a red nose? <laughs> well, right now in Missouri, as long as you are outdoors doing activity, we don't require a mask cover. When we are off the court, we make sure that the chairs and things like that are six feet apart and do our best to socially distance off the court. Okay, so no red nose required then. <laughs> no red nose required. <laughs> well, one of the things I think I did also find in my research was that you're recently married, and I do believe you may have met your husband on a pickleball court. Yes. So yeah, I met actually still fiance. We were supposed to get married. You were absolutely right. October 24th, but COVID kind of got in our way a little bit. So we originally put the pause on it as we were going to go on a cruise. (laughs) At the beginning of the year, we had decided that's what we want to do. And then COVID hit. And so now we're just, we've been pausing and we're kind of realizing, oh, this, we might be paused forever if we wait for this thing to be done. So still working on those plans. But yes, I, I met him at a pickleball tournament. And he proposed last summer at one of my favorite tournaments. And it was the best day ever. And <laughs> it was like a fairy tale moment. And I'm super lucky to have met him and, and found him. And yeah, it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I, I jumped the gun. As you know, you cannot believe everything you read on the internet. No, that's okay. You were, you would be a hundred percent correct. If our, our, we would be about a month, almost two months married by now if, if COVID wasn't. So you were not wrong on that. (laughs) So do you play tournaments and such together? How does that work on the court? Yeah, we do. So he's a college tennis coach here at Drury University, the college here in town, which is what brought me to Missouri. And we play some local events here, and we used to play a lot of the pro events together. But with the competition getting as crazy and awesome as as it's been lately, he does a lot more tennis than pickleball. So sometimes it's hard for us to play as a team at some of the larger events. And so we, we play a lot of local ones here whenever we can, and then a lot of the bigger ones He's usually coaching anyway, so I will go either playing with Zane or someone else at some of the larger events, but we get to catch some around the area, so it's it's fun to play together for sure. Well, I know that you probably haven't been able to play as many tournaments in general this year as you wanted to, but give me an idea of what you have been able to accomplish in 2020 in terms of tournament play. Sure. And I think I still somehow squeaked maybe 10 to 15 tournaments in there somehow. In January, we were in Nebraska and February we went to, to Mesa, the big event there. And then our very last one was the California Open in March before everything kind of went downward. And then we 
none of us were able to play until August again. I think Newport kicked us back off. And then a bunch of us ended up going to almost, I think I went to six tournaments in a row from September to October. And it was just insane. I think I played eight tournaments in two months. And so we were kind of going stir crazy. So as soon as the event started going out there, I was just like, I'm going to everything I can. And I realized really fast what too much is. And so kind of learned a lesson there that any more than, you know, two tournaments in a row, you know, it's fun and it's exciting. I'd love to go to them, but you kind of start to, you know, get you get a little bit tired after each one and then you're tired and then you're going to the next one. You're still tired from the previous ones. So there just wasn't enough time to recover in between some of those, but you know, we got in what we could for 2020 and I'm hoping for a better tournament run or scene in 2021, but we'll see, I guess. <laughs> well, at least I think they'll have a better regimen in terms of the protocols that's kind of what i've been hearing for tournaments in 2021 yeah yeah all we can do is hope you know and we'll try to follow what we can but you know it it's hard too because i think what's so exciting about this sport is the social aspect and we went to a tournament in october in arizona that had to have 50 or less in the event site and it just wasn't as exciting and fun as the rest of the tournaments because you basically had to play and then as soon as you were done you had to leave you weren't even able to stay around and watch no one could watch you and the, the protocols would be nice of course to hold the events but sometimes it's not even worth it you know with a lot of the protocols that have to go out there it just kind of takes the fun away from the event itself which I guess, you know, that's what we got to do, but. Well, it'll definitely be better once you can have spectators and you can stay and watch other folks matches, right? Of course, which is, you know, I think that's really the fun. Of course, playing is, is always fun, but I think, you know, the, the banter and, and cheering for people and hanging out with people is what really makes pickleball pickleball. So hopefully we'll get back to normal at some point in 2021. Oh, yeah. I, I know we all believe that and hope that's going to happen, right? <laughs> right. Well, let me finish up then by just asking you about your paddle and which paddle do you play with and why? I play with the Evoke Premier, only because Onyx makes me. No, I'm totally kidding. I am sponsored by Onyx. And when I first came in, I had the Evoke Pro, which I absolutely loved. That's actually, I, I, I tried a bunch of paddles and that one was my favorite one, which is why I ended up going with Onyx. And then Matt and Lucy ended up coming out with the Evoke Premier, which is basically a step up from the previous one I was using. And just overall uh, paddle that has everything I need. I think this one has some more control in it than the Evoke Pro had, which is the one that I used before this. And I don't have too much of an issue generating my own power. So just having that little bit of extra control and overall like sweet spot is what I really enjoy about this paddle. I also kind of will switch my grip every now and then. So I like having a nice thin and smaller handle. And I use a Premier Light paddle, which the, the handle is 
four and an eighth instead of four and a quarter. So that's another huge piece that I really enjoy about this paddle. And so I've been using it since it came out, probably about a year and a half now and haven't made a switch to anything else. So unless Onyx comes out with something better, <laughs> I, I plan to play with this one for quite a while because I love it so much. Well, that's great. And in terms of your grip, what do you use like a continental grip on the forehand and then do you make a switch on your backhand? Yeah, I do. Uh, continental grip for the forehand. And then it's, it's kind of hard to explain. My, my backhand isn't really technically any type of tennis grip. I just kind of uh, rotate it in my hand a little bit and kind of have the pad a little bit perpendicular, kind of straight sitting instead of kind of an angle like a regular backhand hit. So it's more of a, a full straight on punch coming off the paddle. So a little bit different than how a lot of other people probably hold their backhand, but it works. So, <laughs> Well, all right. I know you do a lot of teaching, not only locally, but across the country. I think when you're probably playing in tournaments, is there a place where people can get in touch with you if they want to attend one of your clinics? Yeah. Anybody, especially on Facebook, Cassandra Marie Pickleball, if you ever reach out there, you know, you can always message me and I, I put all my events on Facebook all the time. So people will always be able to see that. And then if anyone's ever wanting me to come to their area, you know, just shoot me a message. And if 2021 is going to bring me to that area, I would love to come teach, you know, for anyone who's interested. So love teaching. Love it, love it, love it. Well, that sounds great. I'm sure you do a great job, especially since you have that background as a teacher and I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.